Porn Free Radio, episode 78. Guys, Porn Free Radio is sponsored by listeners like you. Last month, we set up our Patreon account. That's a way that you can give a one-time gift to Porn Free Radio or give monthly. And when you give monthly, it's a great reminder of your commitment to be porn free. So if you want to contribute to Porn Free Radio and keep us on the air, go to pornfreeradio.com slash contribute. That's pornfreeradio.com slash contribute. For all of those who gave last month, thanks a lot. Uh, we were able to pay our hosting this month. We were able to start to uh, pay for some of our costs. It was great. It was great. I am so excited to keep putting out this podcast. And with your support, there's no stopping us. All right. Go to pornfreeradio.com slash contribute. Today's episode, the biggest mistake people make when quitting porn, part two. That's right. The biggest mistake people make when quitting porn, part two. Now, we first covered this topic in episode four. That's pornfreeradio.com slash four. Pornfreeradio.com slash four. We covered it over two years ago, and it by far is our most popular downloaded podcast outside of episode number one. This is one podcast that people keep downloading. Thousands of you have downloaded it. And why do I want to do a part two? I want to do a part two because I see people making some mistakes actually doing trying to do this. And so I'm actually going to identify some of those and give you some help. I also see some guys getting stuck and I see some guys who don't want to do this. They really don't want to do it. They keep pushing back on the idea. And so I want to dig into why you might push back, why you might have some resistance to this and how you can use it as a tool in your recovery. All right, let's get going. Porn Free Radio starts now. I don't where did that come from? I don't even know. Go okay. Start the start the music. I'm like, like Ryan Seacrest. All right. All right, we're starting the show. Welcome to Porn Free Radio. This is the podcast where motivated guys who want to quit looking at porn, get hope and take action. Even if you feel lost right now or out of control, you can recover and live a meaningful life, free from shame and full of love. Now here's your host, coach and podcaster, Matt Dobschutz. Okay, welcome back. Golly, I, man, I, I think the radio part of Porn Free Radio is going to my head. I literally think I'm on on some, on K-Love or K- Kiss, Kiss FM or something, the way I'm announcing this show now. Uh, it might be because I just got back from a big podcaster conference. It was Podcast Movement, and it took place in Chicago. There were over 1,500 podcasters. And so for about two or three days, all I thought about was podcasting and meeting podcasters. What was really cool is I met a number of listeners in the podcast community, uh, podcasters, and other people who came to the conference who actually found me and and said they were listeners. And that was really cool. I don't think I've ever met, um, I, I don't think I've ever been in a professional context where people came up and said, hey, I listen to Porn Free Radio. So that was really cool. It was also cool to be able to speak. And I actually told a little bit about my story. I told a rock bottom story uh, at the beginning of my talk. And it was interesting. It was kind of like a TEDx type thing. I actually got up on stage 
and no one knew what my topic was. No one knew what I was going to say. And so within about 10 seconds, I launched in uh, to a, a very embarrassing story with me and porn and, and kind of hitting rock bottom. And you could have heard a pin drop in this, uh, this, this big ballroom. <laughs> um, but you know what was really cool is the people there really got it. They really started understanding what it's like for us when we're really out of control with porn. Like a lot of times when you talk about porn addiction, people kind of judge it. People either think it's not a big deal or they have a weird reaction to it. They're disgusted by it. They have some other, you know, kind of reaction to it. But it was really cool in a group full of strangers to to really share from my heart to, to see their response to it. I had men, women coming up to me. I had people throughout the conference saying, hey, uh, two days ago I was in your session. I really liked it. Um, and so it was cool. So, you know, I think one thing that we have a hard time doing is sharing our story, but sometimes it can be really powerful. And, um, so I just want to encourage you, you know, even now it's been 15 years since this rock bottom story that I shared, it still is vulnerable to share, but, but so powerful when shared in the right context. And, uh, it really helped the rest of my talk. I taught, I had some good points about, uh, podcasting and and connecting with your audience, and so sharing vulnerably, sharing my story really opened up that. And um, I went to one podcasting uh, workshop. It was by my friend Shannon Kaysen. He does a podcast called Homemade Stories. Now this guy's a big podcaster. I mean, he has been on NPR. He's won uh, the Moth Storytelling Competition. I mean, this guy's, this guy's, you know, blue chip in terms of podcasting. And he said in his talk, he said, honest stories demand reciprocation. When you tell your story honestly, when you really get real with people, it demands that they get real with you. Vulnerability begets vulnerability. Meaning as you go deeper, as you set a tone with your story, people will tell you their stories back. And that's been so true with Porn Free Radio. The more I share my story and invite you to email me, invite you to connect with me, you share your stories with me. And the same thing you can do in your life, there's people in your life right now who are suffering, who are really struggling with porn, and they don't know anybody else who's struggling like them. And if you don't share your struggle, if you're not open about it, then they'll never hear the hope that you have. And so do that, you know, look for ways to share your story. You know, and I, I've been really excited. Lately, some people have been calling, emailing, connecting with me who were referred by other listeners. And so if you're a person who's talking about your struggle and pointing people to Porn Free Radio, I really commend you. Because not only does that help us get the word out and the message out, but I know it takes some risk for you to say that, that you listen to this podcast. There was, uh, at the end of the conference, there was a guy who came up to me and he said, hey, I listened to the show. And the thing that was really powerful is he said it in front of someone else. And I just, I really appreciated that because so often people pull me aside or they send an email or a, an IM and it's private and they tell me that they listen, but, but they, don't, they don't tell anybody else in their life. So it was so cool when that guy came up and just said that. It, it, 
it, it actually was one of the greatest things that happened in the conference because I just felt like, oh, not only did he say that he listened, but he said that he listened in front of someone else, um, just making it safer for everybody. And um, so anyway, that's so cool. I had a great experience. I'll probably talk a little bit more about it. I also made some great connections with other podcasters, even some who have a porn addiction story. So I'm looking to connect with some of those guys coming up uh, and maybe have them on Porn Free Radio. One other thing I wanted to bring up was a couple weeks ago, I announced that I am working on a new project uh, taking dead aim at relapse. And I invited you guys to go to a page and opt in to get a series of relapse videos that I'm putting together. Now, I'm still doing that. They were just delayed a little bit by my podcast conference. So to get information about that, go to pornfreeradio.com slash relapse, pornfreeradio.com slash relapse. You can sign up for these free videos. They are going to launch this week. The first one will launch this week. I will swear on a Bible that that will happen. I'm back on track. And so that will happen this week. So get access to that free video series at pornfreeradio.com slash relapse. All right, let's get into this episode. So I said at the top of the show, uh, one of our most popular episodes was episode four, the biggest mistake people make when quitting porn. Now, if you haven't listened to episode four, go back and listen to it, pornfreeradio.com slash four. And if you have, you realize that the mistake uh, that I talk about is not having a consequence. And a consequence is a tool. Now, I, I do the whole podcast on that. So a consequence is a commitment that you make ahead of time with your accountability partner or your wife that you're going to follow through on if you relapse with porn. It's real simple. If I relapse with porn, I will do X. And in this case, a consequence is something that's maybe painful or costs you something. It's something that in the moment of temptation, in the moment of, of kind of determining whether you're going to go ahead and, and relapse, it should get your attention that, hey, I don't want to have to enact this consequence. And so theoretically, it should keep you back from the edge. Now, let me give you a, a picture of what porn addiction looked like uh, a long time ago. <laughs> Back when I was in college, actually even before college, in the late 80s, early 90s. If I wanted to act out at night, I needed a lot. There were a number of things that had to happen for me to get a hold of porn. One, I had to have money. Like I had to have like $10. $10. And I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but back then I was working a job that was like $6 an hour and I had rent and I had other things. So $10 was, was, you know, could be dinner for a couple of nights. It could be groceries. It could be uh, train fare. I mean, it, it, it was significant. So to have 10 extra dollars to spend was not always possible. So it involved money. It involved, uh, Getting clo my clothes on. Let's say I was tempted at night, you know, at 12 o'clock or midnight. I'd have to put my clothes on, go outside. I lived in Chicago, so if it was cold, I mean, I might have to walk in the snow or whatever. I didn't have a car. I'd have to walk to this train station a couple blocks away where they had a magazine stand. Then I'd have to go in and I'd have to survey the magazines and boldly ask for what I wanted. 
I'd have to point or I'd have to say, I want that one with that, you know, person on it or whatever. I had to be really specific and it was embarrassing. You had to, you know, give the money, you had to talk, talk to the person and then you had to get back home and, you know, and then you could act out. So there were a number of points where I could have chucked it and said, you know what, I'm not going to act out tonight. I'm, I'm too tired. I don't want to get dressed. I don't want to go in the snow. I don't want to ask for a magazine. I don't have money. There's all these points of, you know, in software, it would be like a point of failure. There's, if, if, if acting out with porn was a process, there were all these points of failure where I could have easily just gone, oh, I don't want to do that or I can't do that. And the whole process would come to a screeching halt. Same thing with the video store back then. You used to have to wait for the video store to open and then you had to go back into the secret room and you you hoped that none of your neighbors were in the video store at the time. You hoped you you hoped beyond hope that if you walked back into the secret room, you didn't see anybody or even worse, see someone you knew. That would be the worst. That happened to me one time. Um, it's, you know, so like you had, and then you had to pick the video out, then you had to go back and boldly ask for the title and it was just, you know, Luckily, you could ask for the number, but it still was embarrassing. So there are all these steps along the way to the video store that you could easily bail. You could easily just opt out of acting out. And so, you know, what happened is there were lots of times I'd go seven days without porn or a month without porn, partly because it was just hard to get a hold of and it was hard to go through these steps. There were a lot of failure points. But let's face it, it's not it's not like it was back then. It's really easy. You have an idea, you know, five seconds later, you can be on your phone looking at porn. There's nothing, there's no failure points. There's not really anything, there's no friction between when you think of something and when you start acting out. And so that's one of the reasons why I think a consequence is really powerful. It's just one tool that that if done right, can disrupt that process. If you have something significant, that you've determined as a consequence ahead of time, it can give you a cause to pause. Just in that moment when you're tempted, it can just disrupt uh, the ritual from, from going forward. And we need those types of things. We need things in our lives that create friction between us and porn because we don't have the obstacles we used to have. And so it might feel a little contrived to have a consequence but I think there's value. Now, there's another reason why a consequence is a powerful tool, and it's one of the reasons why I started off the show two years ago talking about it. Now, this was before I had done, you know, 70-something episodes. This was pretty early on, so I was trying to think of one tool that would help people. Now, the biggest tool that's going to help people is a solid plan, and a plan involves not just a consequence, but it involves habits that you're committed to, it involves accountability with someone else. It involves a reason for the reason that you're doing this. But, you know, back then when I did this episode, I was trying to distill it down to one important thing. And the reason why a consequence in particular is a good thing is one, it gives you that friction between you and the porn. But in its essence, a consequence is something that you agree to and commit to in front of someone else. It involves another person. If you're just doing consequences 
on your own and just sort of secretly punishing yourself, that's all you're doing. There's not any more accountability. There's no accountability in that. And so if you follow through with your consequence or don't follow through, it doesn't really matter because there's not really any accountability. At its best, when you use a consequence, you're committing to another that you will follow through in case of relapse. So this is just like when you go to a bank and you put a down payment down on something and they give you a loan. You're committing that you're putting this money down and if you default for any reason, they'll keep the money or they'll keep the asset. It's the same thing if you are you know, in a court and you have to post bond. It means that you're gonna put a significant amount of money up that's gonna uh, ensure that you come back for your hearing, that you come back and if you default, if you leave for any reason, then they keep the money and then you can get arrested. I mean, so there's this whole idea in our society of you put up something uh, as collateral uh, in order to ensure that you do what you say you're going to do. And that's exactly what a consequence is. We're saying that we're going to follow through with what we've committed to, staying porn free, and we're putting up our consequence as collateral. And that's really helpful when you're building trust with your wife, you know, after a whole bunch of lying, if you're trying to strengthen your accountability relationship with your accountability partner, you're not putting it on them to hold you accountable, but you're making yourself accountable by doing what you say you're going to do. You know, I used to run a ministry and in the ministry, we had a high ethical standard. It was so important that we maintain this integrity because we were dealing with sexuality and relationships that if anyone relapsed, it was really a violation of, of their leadership commitment. So we actually had a leadership commitment that people signed. Now, one of the things that was really valuable about, about this is it was in black and white. So if someone went, you know, if someone broke a boundary or, or uh, wasn't uh, integrous about some way that they were dealing with things, it was very clear that they weren't qualified to be on the leadership team anymore. And so as the leader, I didn't have to, um, I didn't have to use my judgment in every situation. I could just basically say, listen, you signed this agreement. You, by your admission, you've kind of gone against this. So you're not qualified to lead anymore. And so I was able to actually to enforce the consequence because it was very clearly written. And I know that doesn't sound like it makes a lot of sense, but for me as a leader, it was really helpful to have it there uh, clearly spelled out. And in the same way, when you're holding someone accountable, if they're telling you this is important and, you're, and they're telling you that they want to do this consequence if they relapse, then when they relapse, you can say, well, you said this was important. This is very valuable for you. So follow through. Do what you said you're going to do. And I'll hold you accountable to that. And there's no uh, ambiguity. It's like, you said if you did this, you would do this. So do it. And as an accountability partner, that's very liberating. It's very liberating to have things that are very clear so that you're not the police. You're not the, the checkup patrol. Um, you're literally just there to stand with the other person and help them enforce their own boundaries. Okay, so if consequences are a powerful tool and they connect us to others and they create accountability. Why do guys get stuck 
doing them? Like, what is it about the consequences that are so difficult? Why doesn't everyone just have a good consequence set up? Well, I'll tell you where guys get stuck. The first way guys get stuck is they never set a consequence. And I know this sounds stupid, but what it is is they react to the whole idea of accountability. They react to the whole idea of of this sort of punitive little thing, this this tool that we use. You know, whether it's like you know, I'm going to choose you know 30 days without coffee if I look at porn. They react to the whole idea because it feels like rules and punishment to them. And it's actually a way of avoiding responsibility because they don't want to make a strong commitment because if they fail, then they have to follow through. And so it's kind of one of those things, like if you don't commit, you don't fail. Does that make sense? Like if you don't have any measure of what you're trying to do, then you don't really have any sense of like failure. And it just doesn't work. And so I think it's funny. A lot of guys who react to this never have tried it and they've never followed through. Now, I'm telling you from my own experience, this really helped. I learned about this from Dr. Doug Weiss. And I did it and I didn't do it perfectly. Some of the consequences were better than others. But the idea of setting consequences really helped. It helped build trust with my wife. It helped me take things seriously. And it gave me a chance to really think about what I was doing. And and so I share a lot about that in, in the episode four, you know, pornfreeradio.com slash four. So the first thing that gets people stuck is they don't ever even try it. They don't even try to use it as a tool. And um, and so that's one. Number two, they try it, but check this out. They don't follow through with the consequence, meaning they set it up ahead of time they tell their accountability partner or their wife, and then they relapse, and then they don't follow through with the consequence. Um, I remember, uh, I you know, I, I remember uh, a friend of mine who tried this, and he was going to shave every day. And a couple weeks after the relapse, I saw him, and he had like five days of growth. And I was like, "Dude, what happened to the beard? Like, what happened to the shaving?" <laughs> And he's like, yeah, it got hard. I just, I don't know. I just was hard to do it. Okay. No, I get it. I get it. Sometimes it's hard to follow through with the consequence. Sometimes we choose a consequence and we realize as we're doing it, this sucks a lot more than I thought it would, or this is hard, or it just feels punitive. I get that. But if you don't follow through on your consequences, if you don't do what you say you're going to do, then that just plays into the addiction. The addiction wants to tell you that this isn't worth it, that you're always going to screw up, that you're just going to stay in this place. And it's, it leads to hopelessness. And so, and it, it, it undermines your confidence. So if you don't actually follow through with your consequence, and if you do that enough, then the consequence tool doesn't work at all because your mind will basically say, Hey, you're not going to follow through anyway. So why bother? Let's do what we want. Right. And remember the whole reason that we're trying to put a consequence in place. One of the reasons is to create friction is to create something that makes us think about not acting out. And so if we undermine our consequences on a regular basis, then they're not, they're meaningless. It's just like when you have an accountability partner and you lie to them, 
the accountability doesn't, doesn't have any value anymore. Or the accountability partner who never talks to you. And then you just start acting out and you just figure, well, we don't talk. So who cares? It's like anything that undermines the tool uh, actually makes it things that undermine the tool in this case, uh, like not following through, make it meaningless. Okay. So first thing is they never try it. Second thing is they set up a consequence and don't follow through. The third thing is this can trip people up. They set up a consequence that is kind of illogical. It feels illogical. So this would be an example of you act out with porn and you have to write a check to the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign or the Donald Trump campaign, you know, and it's like, yeah, it's costly. It hurts, but Ultimately, those political races, they don't have any, they're not very personal. They don't have anything to do with our recovery. It's almost like just sort of meaningless. And, and so that can, that can really kind of get someone off. If, if, if it just feels punitive, if it just feels costly, and it doesn't seem to have any real meaning to it, then it feels just kind of stupid. It feels just like a childish thing. Uh, like a punishment. It's like when you were growing up and let's say that you broke something, you know, you broke something in the house, you were goofing around and you, you threw a baseball and broke a window or something like that. And then your dad says, okay, you're grounded for a week. And it's like, how does being grounded help me deal with this thing that I did wrong? Like, Like, it would be one thing if your dad said, hey, you're going to use your allowance now to pay for the broken window. Or, hey, you're going to help me board up this window, um, you know, so that we're safe or so that the house is safe until we can get someone to replace it. Right. Like the consequence isn't when you say you're grounded for a week, there's no there's nothing about that that is about what happened. And that can we can feel that sometimes with, with just sort of random consequences. Now, some of the most powerful consequences for me that I did, you know, when I was still, when I was working on recovery early on with my wife is I would do things like 30 days of doing the dishes or 30 days of getting up with the baby. And that actually served her. And why I think this was a powerful consequence for me was when I withdrew into porn, I was actually not serving her. I was kind of giving into narcissism and selfishness and entitlement. And I was withdrawing my presence from her. And at the same time, I was kind of, you know, I was looking at other women and, you know, it was, there was a lack of fidelity. And so by doing something of service to support my wife, not only did it, not only was it humbling, but it also served her. Whereas the activity I was doing was taking away from her. So there was much more of a logical connection. There was a relational connection too. So look for that. If you're getting stuck over consequences, ask yourself, is this a logical consequence? Does it it feel like there's a connection? Now I've taken away some things like coffee, no Starbucks for 30 days. And that's pretty punitive. I love coffee. I like going to the coffee shop. That was actually a very hard consequence for me to 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 follow through on. I did do it, but it was very difficult. 
Uh, and it almost felt a little too punitive. It didn't feel like it was really addressing my heart or some of the things that I had done with porn. It felt like it just took away something that was actually meaningful to me, the relational connection of going to the Starbucks every day. So be careful. If your consequences are all illogical or not really tied uh, to the actual violation, to crossing the boundary, you might want to rethink them and see if you can tune them a little better. I've also seen some consequences uh, that are really weak. Uh, so, so okay, let me think. What are what have we talked about so far? We talked about not doing a consequence at all, um, doing a consequence but not following through on it. Number three is an illogical consequence. Third one is a consequence that's really, really weak. My favorite is this. I've had coaching clients or people in coaching. I ask, what's their consequence if they look at porn? Matt, I'm going to tell my wife. I'm like, that's a consequence? Telling your wife? Yeah, it's really hard for me to tell her the truth. And it's really hard to tell her when I let her down. So, yep, that's my consequence. And I'm like, eh, no, that's not a consequence. That's something you should be doing regularly in check-ins with your wife, being honest and transparent about where you're at in recovery. That's not a consequence. That's just you should, that's what you should just be doing in life, being transparent and open with your wife. Okay. And if you're telling her like as your form of consequence, like that's sort of your penance, that just creates a system where she's just basically the police and you're just reporting on yourself. You're turning yourself in. And that's a dynamic you don't want either. You want to keep an open dialogue when you're checking in with your wife about what's going on. But a consequence should be something that's painful for you and costly for you. It should be something that, that actually helps you make good choices. And the truth is, you probably... If your wife is involved with your recovery and, and knows about stuff and you're still acting out with porn, it's not a good enough consequence. It's not strong enough. Another consequence which I've heard people say is, you know, if I don't, uh, if I have this, uh, you know, if I relapse, I'm not going to buy something or I'm not going to do something for myself that I would like to do. Kind of like I'm going to withhold something. That's not a good consequence either. Because it really isn't costing you anything. There's no investment of your time or your money or your energy. So weak consequences really don't serve the purpose. And on the other uh, extreme, and then you could go to the other extreme. There's consequences that are overly burdensome. And so this is like where you know, I've had a guy, I think I had a guy tell me once, oh, if I act out with porn, I'm going to get rid of my TV. I'm going to uh, do X, Y, and Z with my computer. I'm going to um, do this habit each day. I'm going to read the scripture every day. Like, like literally, like there was this thing that if they actually looked at a, at a porn, they'd have to change their entire lifestyle the next day to try to accomplish all these tasks. And the reason why that type of stuff, that, that overwhelming thing doesn't work is what happens is when you try to give yourself a consequence that's unrealistic, it will lead to despair because you already feel bad that you've acted out. You already feel like you've kind of blown it. Then when you, when you bring the hammer down on your consequences, 
it it feels like you're you're it feels hopeless. And so you need to be really careful. You want to use this. Remember, this is a tool. I've said the word tool already about six times in this podcast. This is a tool. Okay, so when it becomes a weapon or it becomes something that's just this heavy burden, then it's not really f- serving its function. So I'd be very careful to enact anything that involves thousands of dollars unless there's something about it that's really important for you to buy into. I would, uh, I would refrain from doing anything that takes more than 30 days to accomplish, okay? You know, I would, I would get rid of anything that's like an all or nothing thing. Like, I'll get rid of my computer forever if I act out with porn. Because the moment you act out with porn and then you get rid of your computer forever, then you just feel hopeless. So try to think, so, think in terms of time frame. No more than 30 days. No more than, th- you know, I, let's, I'm going to put a dollar. No more than $2,000. Um, you know, and, um, so think about it like that. Think of something manageable and here's one of the keys. And I talk about this in episode four, this should be something that you can implement easily right away. Uh, you know, I mean, if you're, if your consequence is you have to paint, uh, the basement or, uh, you know, put in a a patio, uh, but you can't implement that right away, you can't start on that project, then that's not a good consequence. A consequence is something that you can call your accountability partner up or you can talk to your wife and say, okay, last night I relapsed, I did X, Y, and Z, I'm getting clean with you, and by the way, today I started my consequence. I'm not doing blank for the next 30 days or I'm doing this for the next 30 days, right? Like I'm committed, I'm starting the consequence today and you can ask me in 30 days and I'll still be, I'll be finishing the consequence. All right, so let's reiterate. Guys get stuck not even trying this as a tool, not even using it as a tool. They get stuck using it as a tool but not following through. Number three, they get stuck with illogical consequences. Number four, consequences that are too, uh, too easy, that, that really don't have much meaning. Uh, or number five, they get stuck with consequences that are just too difficult, where it's just a burden and it leads to hopelessness and despair. Now, one last point about consequences. And we talked a little bit about the logical consequences. Any consequences that lead to healthy recovery that actually incorporate recovery as part of the consequence, I think are excellent. So I had a friend who wanted a consequence and he hated making phone calls. He hated reaching out to guys for help. And so his consequence was that if he acted out and relapsed, he would call someone every day for 30 days. He had a list of phone numbers that he could call. That's a powerful consequence. It's a pain it's costly, it takes time, it takes intention, but yet every one of those calls potentially could have been life-giving to his recovery, even though it sucks, right? One of the best consequences I did was my last consequence. Five and a half years ago, I was traveling for business. 
I listened to an erotic story. It was, you know, across my boundary. I acted out. I came back and my consequence was that I was going to join a men's group that meant on a regular basis. I joined the men's group and I have not stopped meeting in a men's group since five and a half years later. Now that men's group didn't keep me sober for five and a half years, but that consequence was a really valuable consequence for me because I made it a priority to get into that men's group and the men's group just allowed me a place to check in and to be open and transparent about my recovery. And five and a half years later, I'm still doing recovery. So that was a great consequence. Um, Other consequences, I mentioned the dishes and the stuff where you're serving your wife. I think those are great consequences and they're really powerful. So uh, I know guys have used coaching as a way to to do a consequence. They've they've kind of put it out there. Hey, if I if I relapse another time, I'm going to try coaching. And even though there's there's a cost to that and expense, you get value out of that. There's something really important that you get out of that. Um, There's other you know joining groups is another one. Now, one caveat about these these sort of healthy consequences is that they're they're sometimes not as scary in the moment, like. if you're on the edge of temptation thinking, oh, tomorrow I'm going to have to sign up for a men's group at church, may or may not have as much teeth as some other things that are a little harder and a little more painful to do. But I know for some of you guys out there reaching out, pressing in, the idea of calling a coach or getting into therapy to get help for this would be something you'd like to avoid. It's Maybe it would help. Maybe it would help. Or maybe it would just help in case... You, you know, if you relapse again, you realize, you know what, this is a big issue. I need to treat it seriously. So I don't know. You need to come up with that yourself. But um, consequences are a great tool. That's why I continue to recommend them. When I go through um, your porn-free playbook and when I work with coaching clients, I really try to help guys set good consequences. And I really want people to follow through if they relapse. At least try it. I mean, if you try it a couple times and you just come back to me and say, Matt, this isn't working. It feels punitive. I lead to despair. I need some other positive types of tools. Fine. But if you've never tried it or if you've <laughs> you've kind of half-heartedly tried it and not followed through, then definitely try it because it was really helpful for me. It was one of the most successful tools that I ever used in my recovery. And I know you guys out there have tried tons of tools. You've tried apps. You've tried filters on your computers, all these other things. You're going, you know, you're always looking for the newest tool that you can install. But if you haven't tried this one, try this one. All right, guys. That's about all the time we have this week. If you want to email me, I've been getting a lot of emails over the last couple of weeks, and we'll do another show coming up where I answer emails. Email me at matt at pornfreeradio.com, matt at pornfreeradio.com. The key in the email is to let me know if anything needs to stay private, uh, specifically details that would identify you. Um, so if you need your name withheld or you want me to just use your first name, Uh, Because if I read it on the show, I want to be able to talk a little bit about it. So if there's anything that identifies you or you don't feel comfortable with sharing, please just let me know in the email 
what you're comfortable with. And finally, guys, if you're interested in working one-on-one with me as your coach, go to pornfreeradio.com slash coaching. That's pornfreeradio.com slash coaching. You can fill out an application. And if you do that between now and July 31st, you have an opportunity to get my three-month summer package for new clients. So go to pornfreeradio.com slash coaching, fill that out. And if you do that before July 31st, I will be able to offer you a special summer package of three months at a special price. All right, that's all the time we have for this week. Guys, thanks for tuning in and many more cool episodes to come. I'm so excited after podcast movement, I'm totally inspired to continue to create awesome podcasts. So thanks for all your encouragement, all your emails, And hey guys, keep taking hope and taking action. Be good. Thanks for listening to Porn Free Radio at pornfreeradio.com. To connect with Matt, send email to matt at pornfreeradio.com. And help us get the word out by subscribing to Porn Free Radio on iTunes and leaving a rating and review.